This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the focus around the office has led to a deeper look on elements of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the belief is that making changes to workplace culture can have profound effect. They can learn to lead to longer-term benefits on the business side as well as the social. A new report looks at the potential impact on business, focusing on a wide range of elements. Nancy Rothbard is Deputy Dean at the Wharton School as well as a Professor of Management, and she is one of the authors of this report, and she joins us right now. Nancy, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Thanks, Dan. Great to speak with you. Thank you for your time. Uh, Take us through the importance of doing this report and and lay this out for us, because certainly these are issues that is having a lot of conversation right now. Absolutely. Uh, With my my colleague, Stephanie Creary, and our doctoral student, Jared Scruggs, we really wanted to take a deeper dive into some of the issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this has been a a long project. We went from interviewing people and doing focus groups to doing a lot of survey work, uh, both you know, nationally and within various companies. And what we found is that these issues are really important to many people in the workplace, and they are experienced differently by people in the workplace. Obviously, the, 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 a lot of the conversation is around diversity, equity, and inclusion, but you also talk in this report about things like belonging and respect. If you can, touch on those elements as well. Absolutely, Dan. One of the things in the diversity inclusion uh, space has been people tend to talk about diversity, which has to do with representation and inclusion, which are the practices that you, that you do to, to try to bring people in and engage them. But Belonging is the experience of inclusion, right? It's how you feel if you feel included. Um, you know, sometimes uh, companies can make efforts to include people, but they still don't feel like they belong, for example, right? So we're trying to connect the dots going all the way from diversity, equity, inclusion to feelings of belonging. And likewise, equity, companies can do a lot to try to create environments where practices are fair and transparent, but what you also hope is that people experience those types of practices by feeling respected. And so we, what we were trying to do by including these elements is to broaden the, uh, the horizon as we think about these issues, making sure that we connect those dots all the way down to the employee experience. You call this in the report, this shift, a business imperative, meaning exactly what? So when we, when we talk about this being a business imperative, we're, we're referring to the fact that diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging initiatives are really about trying to create a workplace of the future where people feel that they, that they want to come to work that they feel that their ideas are heard and that they, they want to continue to contribute to that environment. And so this is, this is what we mean by a business imperative. It's trying to shift this narrative to something that's really um, central. And what's interesting is that when we talk to people about this, it, in the last, I would say, five to five years, certainly, it has become much more central in the way both employees and leaders talk about the 
central issues within their organization. But the the impact felt in, in a lot of these different areas will vary depending on the person that you're talking with, depending on, you know, their race or their sex. Uh, there will be, you know, di- peop- different people will feel things differently in many cases. Absolutely. And what we found in our report is that for some of these uh, some for some things, people actually experience them very similarly, and for other things, there is there are differences. Um, so, for example, turnover intent actually varies quite a bit by these demographic differences. Um, and so, if if people don't feel that these diversity, equity, inclusion practices are um, are, are are present, then, for example, people of color and women are more likely to be looking for another job. We're joined by Nancy Rothbard, who's deputy dean of the Wharton School, as well as a professor of management. So let's go through a couple of these areas and, and find exactly what you found out. Uh, one of the areas I wanted to touch on that you talk about in this report is called effective commitment, or I guess it's kind of the emotional connection that people will feel. Yeah, so affective commitment is absolutely that. It, it, it's very similar to um, what what we also are talking about with belonging. So they, they were highly correlated, actually, in our, in our study. And um, so affective commitment and belonging, some of the factors that really make people feel like they're part of the family, if you will, at the company. Like, that's actually one of the items for affective commitment. Do, do you feel like one part of the family at your company or your organization? And these these the things that really seem to make a difference are things like whether you have an engaged manager who is really paying attention to issues of inclusion, whether you have great mentoring and sponsorship in your organization. So it's really the people uh, connections uh, that you have and how they are implementing some of these diversity and inclusion practices as well as having workplace policies that, you know, broadly, um, you know, help you to feel like you belong. You also touched on an area called helping behavior, which you describe it in the report as kind of going above and beyond. Uh, Take us deeper into this. So, Absolutely. Helping behaviors are things that are, that, that are proactive that you do in the organization. It's not part of your do- job description, but, you know, you, you are doing this because you want to, because you care about the company, right? And so while they're not part of your job description, I think we all know that the way organizations run often is by, you know, by, by virtue of these helping behaviors that people just do. Um, and so... A lot of a lot of what we found there was again that these two key areas, managerial involvement, um, explained quite a bit of the difference in terms of whether people were willing to help. So managers who um, you know did things like encouraging team members to um, to create a sense of autonomy for their team members, right? Or managers who uh, you know give people tasks that make them feel included and, and at the table uh, and, and which energize them. Uh, workplace policies are, you know, things that create an environment where people feel comfortable both helping and asking for help, 
right? And so that you have a psychological safety in the environment. When you have that type of, of experience, then people are more willing to step up as well. You also asked about burnout, which is a topic that is getting a lot of conversation once again uh, these days, especially around how kind of the job uh, description, the, the, the job idea has changed during the time of the pandemic. Yes, and burnout is, is absolutely a critical, a critical thing that we've been really thinking a lot about. Um, one of the things, that, and, and again, he, here again, the, these three categories of practices really help to reduce burnout. The ma- having ma- involved managers, having great mentoring and sponsorship, and having workplace policies that create an equitable and kind of fair uh, and transparent environment. And so, you know, the, the, the kinds of workplace policies that, we're, that, we might, that might help to reduce burnout would be policies that recognize that people have different needs for um, how they manage the boundary between work and non-work life, right, and the flexibility Mm -hmm. around that. Um, It could be things like, you know, establishing norms around break times, you know, to make people feel like they are able to take some breaks, um, et cetera. In terms of managerial involvement, you know, open communication with team members so that they feel included, that they know that they're in a loop, that they know what's going on will help them, you know, not have to run around and, and try to, you know, recreate the wheel. Um, so, so those kinds of things really can help with burnout. And then, of course, mentoring and sponsorship just so that people feel like they can have resiliency and that they can, they can really be able to connect with others in, in meaningful ways. Well, and another area that companies are, are focused on a lot is the issue of turnover. And that's something that you also brought up in this, uh, in this report. Yes, absolutely. And, and that was one of the things I, I referred to earlier that where we found some differences, in fact, for example, in terms of, of some of these uh, demographic groups as well, right? Turnover intent was, um, you know, was, was actually one of the areas that we found an, uh, quite a number of differences. Um, and again, what we found helps with turnover intent is to reduce turnover intent is to have managers who are involved, who listen to their team members, who share their insights, you know, two-way street communication, mentoring and sponsorship where you encourage feedback from, from people and where you demonstrate a commitment to the people that you're mentoring and, you know, these workplace policies where you communicate the importance of DEI uh, and promote the, um, the importance of, you know, having people be involved in, in decision making. We're joined by Nancy Rothbard, who's a deputy dean at the Wharton School, as well as a professor of management. Obviously, all of these areas are are, are very important uh, to the overall growth of, of a company and kind of the culture around there. Are, are there ones that you focus on more that really can be really groundbreaking, ground changing as we kind of move forward? One of the things that we actually focus on in this report and that we're, we're doing more work on right now, Jan, is the idea of voice. This is something that organizations haven't really talked about as much and scholarship hasn't talked about as much in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But we saw some really interesting patterns around 
having diversity, equity, inclusion practices, people feeling like they belonged more and then being able to raise their, you know, raise issues in, in their organizations that can be addressed and can improve the work processes as well as the diversity practices in, in the organization. And so really linking diversity, equity, inclusion practices to belonging and to the willingness to speak up about those issues. Voice and being able to speak up, that is the, that is the engine of change in organizations. And so being able to speak up to change diversity practices is an important avenue or a way that we can we can really make progress. And so we saw some really interesting patterns in our in our data about this. This is an, this is important. People yeah. varied quite a bit across demographic groups around uh, around their willingness generally to speak up around voice. Interestingly, people of color were more willing to speak up around diversity, equity, inclusion issues than, than whites. So, so that, was, that was quite an interesting kind of finding. Mm-hmm. What we also found, and, and actually especially around things that are, that are challenging, you know, what, what we call prohibitive voice. In terms of promotive voice, um, women were more likely to speak up around these issues than men uh, right. as well. And so, you know, I, I think it's kind of interesting that, the, the people who are experiencing the issues are willing to speak up around these issues, but we also need to be more inclusive and get everybody to be on the same page and be willing to speak up. We can't just put the burden on women and people of color to speak up around diversity, equity, inclusion issues. We need to broaden that playing field. And so we were trying to look at what are the kinds of, what are the kinds of things that help improve that. And so, um, so there, I, there were a lot of really interesting factors there as well. Nancy, thank you very much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. All the best. Thanks, Sam. Nancy Rothbard, Deputy Dean at the Wharton School, also Professor of Management. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.